0: I definitely think there are brain differences between boys and girls, men and women.
1: It's more about who they are as an individual as opposed to who they are as a male or a female. And so it's looking at all kids and honing in on what areas we can support and develop.
2: Hi, welcome to Body, Mind, and Child with Ray Pika. Good morning, Lisa and Kelly. Thank you so much for being with us today least in recent years, it's become conventional wisdom that the differences between boys and girls are hardwired from birth. How did this belief come about?
0: I think uh, nature and nurture sort of alternate fashion, and the nurture was in fashion maybe in the 70s and early 80s. And then with the huge growth of uh, biology and neuroscience, there has been a lot of interest in looking for sex differences in the brain and, and evolutionary psychology in particular has pushed the idea that differences are innate. And I think what's happened is we've gone too far to the nature side. We're sort of all caught up in this Mars Venus frenzy. Mm -hmm. And we're convincing people that, you know, there's nothing to be done, that environment has no impact, which I think is, is dangerous because particularly when it comes to education and mental
2: and emotional skills, there's tremendous plasticity there. Well, you say that there's enormous danger in this assumption and that it creates expectations among parents, teachers, and the children themselves. Tell us what sort of expectations and and really where's the danger?
0: Most studies that look at sex differences, if you rely on parent measures of differences, you'll you'll come up with larger differences than if you just test children objectively in something like verbal skill or um, empathy. Or even when it comes to math and English, parents expect their daughters to do better in reading and writing and their sons to do better in math at the beginning of school when in kindergarten there's no difference in math and there's just a very small difference in, in reading skills.
2: So you think children live up to their expectations or, or fail to live up to expectations?
0: are very important and I'll tell you how we know that in the old days nobody expected anything of girls right they were you know they didn't have opportunities in higher education they weren't expected to have demanding careers and girls performed more poorly than boys Cool. Well, that flipped after the feminist movement, and now uh, parents expect as much of their daughters as their sons, and girls have taken that and run with it, and they're doing tremendously. I mean, there are other factors involved as well, but I think that proves how important expectations are.
2: Kelly, do you feel that stereotyping is more likely when we assume that sex differences are apparent before birth?
1: Well, I agree with a lot of what Lise said in that we need to keep expectations high for all students, that, um, that we can't limit ourselves in terms of our parenting, that, that we can, as Lise acknowledge,s that there are some uh, small innate differences, but it's really imperative on us as uh, both parents and as a, in the education world, with our kids, to hold equally high expectations, to recognize kids as individuals to recognize what kids' strengths are, to build on those, whether they are male or female, to identify areas where perhaps it's not um, a strength for a child or it's a relative weakness, and to help those kids hone those skills, skills develop those skills, um, whether that's a uh, male developing verbal skills or a female developing spatial skills, whatever their strengths or relative weaknesses are, we need to be able to build on those and then And then help kids hone in so that they can become really well-rounded in their skill set.
2: Lise, tell us just a little bit about some of those uh, studies that were done that showed how parents reacted to babies when their gender was hidden.
0: Yeah, these are some classic studies where infants are cross-dressed, if you will. (laughs) Male infants are dressed as girls or or vice versa. Or you can take a child and put them in unisex clothing and don't tell the adult whether that's a boy or girl. Usually, if it's a unisex outfit, people will assume it's a boy because it's considered more insulting to call a boy a girl than vice versa. And I think that reflects two things. One is that still males have higher status in our society. So it's, considered more of an insult to call a male a female than vice versa. And the second thing is, frankly, you know, we still have so much homophobia that boys have more to lose from being associated with anything feminine and vice versa. And you see that in children's toy preference. So, something parents inevitably notice and which converts them to the hardwired side is that their children will gravitate towards different types of toys. It's not as dramatic, once again, as parents perceive. Um, In fact, in infancy, uh, both boys and girls prefer dolls um, to other toys, and that's probably because children... Are hardwired to look for faces. If there's anything hardwired, it's our social instincts because we are a, a highly social species, and a child couldn't make it if they didn't uh, attract their parents' attention.
2: Well, and didn't and didn't parents uh, describe the boys and girls what they thought were the boys and what they thought were the girls in different terms? I mean, which uh, you know makes me think we are stereotyping children.
0: Yes, if uh, an adult sees a child dressed as a girl, they tend to comment more on her appearance, uh, often more on her delicate features or fine fingers. Um, and if it's a boy or they believe it's a boy, then usually the strength, the size, what a big boy, intelligence is commented on more. So we have these attitudes and, you know, we grow up we're exposed to men and women. We have very fixed stereotypes. And it's very hard to suppress those. This has been proven in studies of racial stereotypes, that no matter